Chapter Two of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume Two, Twenty Years After, by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Nightly Patrol. In ten minutes, Mazarin and his party were traversing the street Le Bon Enfant, behind the theatre built by Richelieu expressly for the play of Miram, and in which Mazarin, who was an amateur of music but not of literature, had introduced into France the first opera that was ever acted in that country. The appearance of the town denoted the greatest agitation. Numberless groups paraded the streets, and whatever D'Artagnan might think of it, it was obvious that the citizens had for the night laid aside their usual forbearance, in order to assume a warlike aspect. From time to time noises came in the direction of the public markets. The report of firearms was heard near the Rue Saint-Denis, and occasionally church bells began to ring indiscriminately, and at the caprice of the populace. D'Artagnan, meantime, pursued his way with the indifference of a man upon whom such acts of folly made no impression. When he approached a group in the middle of the street, he urged his horse upon it without a word of warning, and the members of the group, whether rebels or not, as if they knew with what sort of man they had to deal, at once gave place to the patrol. The cardinal envied that composure which he attributed to the habit of meeting danger, but nonetheless he conceived for the officer under whose orders he had for the moment placed himself that consideration which even prudence pays to careless courage. On approaching an outpost near the Barrière de Sergen, the sentinel cried out, "'Who's there?' And D'Artagnan answered, having first asked the word of the cardinal, "'Louis and Rocroy.' after which he inquired if Lieutenant Cominges were not the commanding officer at the post. The soldier replied by pointing out to him an officer who was conversing, on foot, his hand upon the neck of a horse, on which the individual to whom he was talking sat. Here was the officer D'Artagnan was seeking. "'Here is Monsieur Cominges,' said D'Artagnan, returning to the cardinal. He instantly retired from a feeling of respectful delicacy, it was, however, evident that the cardinal was recognized by both Cominges and the other officers on horseback. "'Well done, Guitant,' cried the cardinal to the equestrian. "'I see plainly that, notwithstanding the sixty-four years that have passed over your head, you are still the same man, active and zealous. What were you saying to this youngster?' "'My lord,' replied Guitant, I was observing that we live in troublous times, and that today's events are very like those in the days of the League, of which I heard so much in my youth. Are you aware that the mob have even suggested throwing up barricades in the Rue Saint-Denis and the Rue Saint-Antoine? And what was Cominges saying to you in reply, my good Guitant? My lord, said Cominges, I answered that to compose a league only one ingredient was wanting, in my opinion an essential one, a duc de Guise. Moreover, no generation ever does the same thing twice. No, but they mean to make a fronde, as they call it, said Guitant. And what is a fronde? inquired Mazarin. My lord. Fronde is the name the discontented give to their party. And what is the origin of this name? 
it seems that some days since councillor beauchamont remarked at the palace that rebels and agitators reminded him of schoolboys slinging qui fronde stones from the moats round paris young urchins who run off the moment the constable appears only to return to their diversion the instant his back is turned so they have picked up the word and the insurrectionists are called frondeurs and yesterday every article sold was a la fronde bread a la fronde hats a la fronde to say nothing of gloves pocket handkerchiefs and fans but listen at that moment a window opened and a man began to sing a tempest from the fronde did blow to-day i think twill blow sir mazarin away insolent wretch cried guitant my lord said comminges who irritated by his wounds wished for revenge and longed to give back blow for blow shall i fire off a ball to punish that jester and to warn him not to sing so much out of toad in the future and as he spoke he put his hand on the holster of his uncle's saddle-bow certainly not certainly not exclaimed mazarin diavolo my dear friend you are going to spoil everything everything is going on famously i know the french as well as if i had made them myself they sing let them pay the piper during the league about which guitant was speaking just now the people chanted nothing except the mass so everything went to destruction come guitant come along and let's see if they keep watch at the cannes vent as at the barriere de sergens and waving his hand to comminges he rejoined d'artagnan who instantly put himself at the head of his troop followed by the cardinal guitant and the rest of the escort just so muttered comminges looking after mazarin true i forgot provided he can get money out of the people that is all he wants the street of st honore when the cardinal and his party passed through it was crowded by an assemblage who standing in groups discussed the edicts of that memorable day they pitied the young king who was unconsciously ruining his country and threw all the odium of his proceedings on mazarin addresses to the duke of orleans and to conde were suggested blanc mosnil and broussel seemed in the highest favor d'artagnan passed through the very midst of this discontented mob just as if his horse and he had been made of iron mazarin and guitant conversed together in whispers the musketeers who had already discovered who mazarin was followed in profound silence in the street of saint thomas de louvre they stopped at the barrier distinguished by the name of quinzevant here guitant spoke to one of the subalterns asking how matters were progressing ah captain said the officer everything is quiet hereabout if i did not know that something is going on in yonder house and he pointed to a magnificent hotel situated on the very spot whereon the vaudeville now stands in that hotel it is the hotel rambouillet cried guitant i really don't know what hotel it is all i do know is that i observed some suspicious-looking people go in there nonsense 
exclaimed Guitant with a burst of laughter. "'Those men must be poets!' "'Come, Guitant, speak, if you please, respectfully of these gentlemen,' said Mazarin. "'Don't you know that I was in my youth a poet? I wrote verses in the style of Ben "'You, my lord?' "'Yes, I.' shall i repeat to you some of my verses just as you please my lord i do not understand italian yes but you understand french and mazarin laid his hand upon guitant's shoulder my good my brave guitant whatsoever command i may give you in that language in french whatever i may order you to do will you not perform it certainly i have already answered that question in the affirmative but that command must come from the queen herself yes yes mazarin bit his lips as he spoke i know your devotion to her majesty i have been a captain in the queen's guards for twenty years was the reply en route monsieur d'artagnan said the cardinal all goes well in this direction d'artagnan in the meantime had taken the head of his detachment without a word and with that ready and profound obedience which marks the character of an old soldier he led the way toward the hill of saint roche the rue richelieu and the rue villador were then owing through their vicinity to the ramparts less frequented than any others in that direction for the town was thinly inhabited thereabout who is in command here asked the cardinal villequier said guitant diavolo speak to him yourself for ever since you were deputed by me to arrest the duc de beaufort this officer and i have been on bad terms he laid claim that honor as captain of the royal guards i am aware of that and i have told him a hundred times that he was wrong the king could not give that order since at that time he was hardly four years old yes but i could give him the order i guitant and i preferred to give it to you guitant without reply rode forward and desired the sentinel to call monsieur de villequier ah so you are here cried the officer in the tone of ill-humor habitual to him what the devil are you doing here i wish to know can you tell me pray is anything fresh occurring in this part of the town what do you mean people cry out long live the king down with mazarin that's nothing new no we've been used to those acclamations for some time and you sing chorus <laughs> replied guitant laughing faith i've half a mind to do it in my opinion the people are right and cheerfully would i give up five years of my pay which i am never paid by the way to make the king five years older really and pray what would come to pass supposing the king were five years older than he is as soon as ever the king comes of age he will issue his commands himself and tis far pleasanter to obey the grandson of henry the fourth than the son of peter mazarin steph 
I would die willingly for the king, but supposing I happened to be killed on account of Mazarin, as your nephew came near being today, there could be nothing in paradise, however well placed I might be there, that could console me for it. Well, well, Monsieur de Villequier, Mazarin interposed, I shall make it to my care the king hears of your loyalty. Come, gentlemen, addressing the troop, let us return. Stop, exclaimed Villequier. So, Mazarin was here. So much the better. I have been waiting for a long time to tell him what I think of him. I am obliged to you, Quiton, although your intention was perhaps not very favorable to me for such an opportunity. He turned away and went off to his post, whistling a tune then popular among the party called The Fronde, whilst Mazarin returned in a pensive mood toward the Palais Royal. All that he had heard from these three different men, Cominges, Guitant, and Villequier, confirmed him in his conviction that, in case of serious tumults, there would be no one on his side except the queen. And then Anne of Austria had so often deserted her friends that her support seemed most precarious. During the whole of this nocturnal ride, during the whole time that he was endeavoring to understand the various characters of Cominges, Guitant, and Villequier, Mazarin was, in truth, studying more especially one man. This man, who had remained immovable as bronze when menaced by the mob, not a muscle of whose face was stirred, either at Mazarin's witticisms or by the jests of the multitude, seemed to the cardinal a peculiar being, who, having participated in past events similar to those occurring now, was calculated to cope with those now on the eve of taking place. The name of D'Artagnan was not altogether new to Mazarin, who, although he did not arrive in France before the year 1634 or 1635, that is to say, about eight or nine years after the events which we have related in a preceding narrative, the Three Musketeers, fancied he had heard it pronounced as that of one who was said to be a model of courage, address, and loyalty. Possessed by this idea, the cardinal resolved to know all about D'Artagnan immediately. Of course, he could not inquire from D'Artagnan himself who he was and what had been his career. He remarked, however, in the course of conversation that the lieutenant of musketeers spoke with a Gascon accent. Now, the Italians and the Gascons are too much alike, and know each other too well ever to trust what any one of them may say of himself. So, in reaching the walls which surrounded the Palais Royal, the cardinal knocked at a little door, and after thanking D'Artagnan and requesting him to wait in the court of the Palais Royal, he made a sign to Guiton to follow him. They both dismounted, consigned their horses to the lackey who had opened the door, and disappeared in the garden. "'My dear friend,' said the cardinal, leaning as they walked through the garden on his friend's arm, "'you told me just now that you had been twenty years in the queen's service.' "'Yes, it's true, I have,' returned Guiton. "'Now, my dear Guiton, I have often remarked that in addition to your courage, which is indisputable, and your fidelity, which is invincible, you possess an admirable memory. You have found that out, have you, my lord? Deuce take it, all the worse for me. How? 
there is no doubt but that one of the chief accomplishments of a courtier is to know when to forget but you guitant are not a courtier you are a brave soldier one of the few remaining veterans of the days of henry the fourth alas how few today exist plague on it my lord have you brought me here to get my horoscope out of me no i only brought you here to ask you returned mazarin smiling if you have taken any particular notice of our lieutenant of musketeers monsieur d'artagnan i have had no occasion to notice him particularly he's an old acquaintance he's a gascon de treville knows him and esteems him very highly and de treville as you know is one of the queen's greatest friends as a soldier the man ranks well he did his whole duty and even more at the siege of rochelle as at Suze and Papignon. but you know guitant we poor ministers often want men with other qualities besides courage we want men of talent pray was not monsieur d'artagnan in the time of the cardinal mixed up in some intrigue from which he came out according to report quite cleverly my lord as to the report you allude to guitant perceived that the cardinal wished to make him speak out i know nothing but what the public knows i never meddle in intrigues and if i occasionally become a confidant of the intrigues of others i am sure your eminence will approve of my keeping them secret mazarin shook his head ah he said some ministers are fortunate and find out all that they wish to know my lord replied guitant such ministers do not weigh men in the same balance they get their information on war from warriors on intrigues from intriguers consult some politician of the period of which you speak and if you pay well for it will certainly get to know all you want uh, pardieu said mazarin with a grimace which he always made when spoken to about money they will be paid if there is no way of getting out of it does my lord seriously wish me to name any one who was mixed up in the cabals of that day by bacchus rejoined mazarin impatiently it's about an hour since i ask you for that very thing a wooden head that you are there is one man for whom i can answer if he will speak out that's my concern i will make him speak ah my lord tis not easy to make people say what they don't wish to let out pooh with patience one must succeed well this man who is he the comte de rochefort the comte de rochefort unfortunately he has disappeared these four or five years and i don't know where he is i know guitant said mazarin well then how is it that your eminence complained just now 
of want of information. You think, resumed Mazarin, that Rochefort, he was the Cardinal Richelieu's creature, my lord. I warn you, however, his services will cost you something. The Cardinal was lavish to his underlings. Yes, yes, Guiton, said Mazarin. Richelieu was a great man, a very great man, but he had that defect. <laughs> Thanks, Guitant. I shall benefit by your advice this very evening. Here they separated, and bidding adieu to Guitant in the court of the Palais Royal, Mazarin approached an officer who was walking up and down within that enclosure. It was D'Artagnan who was waiting for him. Come hither said Mazarin in his softest voice. "'I have an order to give you.' D'Artagnan bent low, and following the cardinal up the secret staircase, soon found himself in the study whence they had first set out. The cardinal seated himself before his bureau, and taking a sheet of paper wrote some lines upon it, whilst D'Artagnan stood imperturbable, without showing either impatience or curiosity. He was like a soldierly automaton, or, rather, like a magnificent marionette the cardinal folded and sealed his letter monsieur d'artagnan he said you are to take this dispatch to the bastille and bring back here the person it concerns you must take a carriage and an escort and guard the prisoner with the greatest care d'artagnan took the letter touched his hat with his hand turned round upon his heel like a drill sergeant and a moment afterward was heard in his dry and monotonous tone commanding four men and an escort a carriage and a horse five minutes afterward the wheels of the carriage and the horse's shoes were heard resounding on the pavement of the courtyard end of chapter two recording by john van stan savannah georgia